I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. edition of the Lost of Words podcast. Jason, it feels like only yesterday I was talking to you on the podcast. In fact, it was, wasn't it? We did a uh, a Sunday podcast once. We did. A dedication to the cause. Absolutely. Not only to interrupt our own roast dinners, but you also interrupted a four-time European tour winner, David Horsey. The interview will be coming out later this week. Um, so I've got that to look forward to. Bit of a spoiler alert, you know, but for the people that are actually going to listen before then, there's a, there's a big reveal. So David Horsey was on. He was good, wasn't he? He was very good, very honest, very revealing, and um, yeah, food for thought. And we reminded, yeah, it, we reminded very... him, didn't we, about a lot of his stuff that he didn't seem to remember of his own career. Oh, we to this down then. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and uh, there's a lot of courses coming up that I think will suit him, and uh, you'd expect to see him certainly get a couple of top tens at worst in, for this year, definitely. Yeah, definitely sounds like he's on the right track, mm. and uh, very similar profile to obviously Richard Ramsey, who we had on the week before as well, so... All in all, some good couple of guests recently, taking advantage of that little break at the European Tour. Talking of little breaks, we're coming to the. We'll go with the Puerto Rico Open first because pretty much everybody in the field has had a little break from golf in general. Um, most of them are semi-retired. The ones that are not are ten to one. Um, tough old week, but this is something you love to get your teeth into, isn't it? I do like these sort of events, and we won't mention. Obviously, we're not mentioning Max Homer, so well done, Tom, for getting the three figures on Max Homer yep. on the on the machine over the weekend. He played brilliantly, um, and there Still we are. Still hurt to see Tony yep. lose, actually, even though you know, yeah, have profited it. from it. But you know, hey such is life. Yes, it, it, his time will cut. I mean, it, you know, I take taking the Mickey, but my he has to he has to win another one, doesn't he? Well, so, I think yesterday was a positive sign because when it came to, I know he was disappointing in the playoff you know had a couple of it wasn't a bad chip on 10 but it should have been better he should have made birdie there uh, although it was a tight lie um, but the the tee shot on the par 3 and the, and the subsequent bunker shot wasn't good enough was it um, but generally speaking he, he held those putts down the stretch didn't he which were which is something that's been his Achilles heel you know he, he realised he had a chance to win coming down the stretch and didn't go away even though he gave himself a, a hard chip on 18 as well no he played well and um I suspect when he saw Homer's approach to 18, that, he, was over, uh, he? he was basically going home, and, and then Homer got uh, Reese Davis from Morocco 2011 <laughs> to come in and putt, which we've now covered twice in two we days. Have, we have, we ironically mentioned it yesterday, didn't we? <laughs> but there we are again. It's it's that was a harder putt, Reese's, but nevertheless, that, I think given the way Homer had played for 72 holes, we've basically yeah, given it to he, him. He deserved it. He played like a major champion yesterday when uh, when the major champions mm-hmm. didn't. Or the incoming major champions. He, he was superb, absolutely. I thought Sam Burns was pretty good until he wasn't. Um, really impressive on the front nine. He had that sort of swagger about him. Didn't phase him that he was playing with DJ. Um, just lost his way a bit towards the end. And, and that's, I think, easier done on that sort of golf course. You know, you've only got to be a little bit off and, mm. and his game over. It? So I think that was actually a good learning curve for him. I think the other times he's been in contention is... He wouldn't have learnt as much as he did yesterday. I think I think he'll get something from that, and I'm sure he'll do well for the rest of the season. So, oh, it was a really good event. Really, really pleased. A couple of big guns, obviously, Mr. Cup, which we'll uh, get onto when we do the WGC later. But let's talk about okay the lesser event, shall we? That's the, the, the nicest way of saying it. Um, I say lesser event because 
Emiliano Grillo, Ian Poulton, Matt Wallace and Thomas Peters are joint favourites at 16-1. to 1. Uh, For me, Grillo would be the one that I'd have bet, but not for me at 16s. And I know you, I don't think you'd like anyone in sort of the, the short range to do this week. You can't. You just cannot possibly back it. I mean, uh, yeah. when, I, when I looked at the field um, over the weekend, I, it, I just had none of these at that price. Um, I perfectly respect In fact, you know, I, I looked at Peter's had he, bought, had he, you know, turned up at the uh, the WGC. Um, you can't. I mean, Peter's has let people down for Lord knows how many weeks post-lockdown. Um, you know, respect to respect to Porter, but you do have to bosh the ball here, as we'll discuss in a minute. Therefore, he loses out to a host of players. Matt Wallace, temperament, either or. I mean, you just you, you know, you just simply can't. I mean, six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four. It's it's twenty-four percent of the book taken out with um, the top four in the betting. Mm. So you know, basically three to one, give or take. That Paul or Grio, Wallace or Peters win. Nobody's taking that, are they? Surely. I think uh, the it. only thing about it is that, despite the fact you get a lot of long shot winners here, you, you look back, go back to even 2009. Jason Day was second to Michael Bradley. Uh, Jordan Spieth was second to Scott Brown in 2013. Uh, Grillo was second to Czechia in 2015. Bryson was second to DA Points 2017. Berger was second 2019 to trainer. Hovland won last year. So, and Tony Finau obviously famously won 2016. So you've had the the best players or standout players can obviously go well here. There's no point in trying to deny that. And I think one of those what four that we just mentioned there will feature. Um, but I wouldn't have any confidence in the guys that have come over from the European leg. I'd be more interested in Grillo. And then obviously you've got to watch him putt, or you don't have to watch him because there's no TV coverage. But yeah, I just there would be no confidence in me. I think it's a week where you can try and make your hay on a on a free figure shot. Yeah, I mean Paul has got that third obviously back in sixteen ages and ages ago. But uh, generally, you know, if you look through um, the features required to win, um, I mean, look, you can go last year. Victor Hovland was fourteenth off the tee, driving distance. Uh, doesn't matter where you hit it here, you're going to get an approach approach shot it's not a problem it's 14th in driving distance 8th in green 6th in scrambling tied third in patting uh martin trainer um who sundog monkey might put up again um driving distance led that uh second in patting average um interesting when he won the price cutter he was second in driving distance fourth in patting average uh go back to lamely he was 11th in driving distance third in patting average blah 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 it's only um points that really takes it out because if you go back before him you obviously have the mighty Tony F, uh, fourth in driving distance, uh, reasonable putting, but first in scrambling. So um, you have to smash it down here. Uh, and Trainer said it in his interview after his win. You know, he likes the course and, and there will be wins. You very rarely get wind behind you. Um, a lot of crosswinds and you have to smash it. And, and that's what there's some various courses that seem to pop up in these winners uh, resumes. Um and it'd be a struggle. It's a struggle to, to back Ian Poulter at 16, you know, despite his class, his clear class. And, uh, yeah, I'd rather be on him than somebody like Thomas Peters coming down coming down to death. Because, you know, as I say, Peters has left, left too many people down. You know, Emiliano Grillo obviously loves it here. You know, South America, blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you want? A couple of top threes. But that's what he is. He, he's bound to feature. 
But like I say, you know, if you want three to one about the top four, then good luck. You know, I, there's no way I'm touching that. I think the other thing as well is that I think Wallace is second on the alternates list for the WGC. Poulter's fifth. Don't think he'll get as far as Poulter, but there's a good chance Wallace gets in. If someone has to pull out for coronavirus or injury, he's going to go straight on the planes of the WGC. He's not going to hang around for uh, for the Puerto Rico, is he? So there's a good chance he comes out, which may be worth uh, you know getting a better for that. But you talk about Peters. I mean, two of his wins are at the Czech Masters, Denmark and KLM, a bit higher quality, but Generally speaking, even even on the European tour, he's not one at the level you'd want him to, is he? Uh, I know he's had some really good performances in WGCs, majors, he's a great player. Um, and on talent alone, he's probably in this sort of range. But, you know, he's not a winning machine and, and certainly doesn't sort of, I don't know, doesn't instill much confidence, I would say. No. Oh, you've just covered that pretty. Yeah, you've, you've basically covered it, haven't you? Yeah. Um, like I say, I would, I would be interested in some very strange bet. Should he make the big one? Um, I mean, it'd have to be a big price, but it'd be of interest. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, I, I think here, I think he's, he's. Look, yeah, no, we're not denying anybody's class. But you, you know what we keep saying? We're here because the prices are there, aren't they? That's, yeah. It's all about prices versus versus opinion, and uh, none of them make any opinion. At that price, so yeah, there's obvious uh draws to them playing in this. That you know, there's a PJ Tour card at the end of it, um, so that's it. They're not here because they love Puerto Rico and they're not here because they really want to be, are they? It's a, a management decision to get out there and try and get your card when you can, so um, yeah, is what it is. Next up is Benny Ann and Brandon Grace. I thought Grace was of interest, um been hitting the ball okay recently seems to be sort of better, better form but again he's someone that a 20 to 1 in a pj tour event although this is almost a web.com tour event i suppose or corn ferry um again they're just just short enough for me i just i find it really hard to get any excitement about anyone south of kind of 30s and 50 to 1s really yeah well grace and Anne would both be expecting you know to be back at um on the WGC events at some mm. point, won't they? Um, I'm, I'm not sure about Brandon Grace. We'll see what happens. Um, there are bits and pieces that, that look quite appealing, but I wonder if he's getting results through the back door. He's yeah, not really absolutely. doing anything, is he? Um, you know, I mean, he's talented enough to, to obviously keep it going, but is he going the sort of Charles Schwartzel route? Um, you know, the way out of out of the limelight, really. Might be wrong. He might come back, and I'm sure... You know, when he when he comes back over to the European Tour, when the weather starts getting a bit crappy and the Open comes about and stuff, it will see his strength. But again, you know, the, the quality of these fields is getting is getting better and better and better. And I'm not sure the people that we were talking about as being stars six, seven, eight, ten years ago have, have really kicked on like like any of the newcomers have. So he's another one. Yeah, must have a chance. Won't mind the wind, will he? Uh, Benny Ann's got, you know got class in abundance but again none of them appeal do they then you've got andrew putnam who can putt for death and 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 you know is playing better now but these are terrible prices aren't they to mm. be honest yeah yeah um it, and, I, and it's hard isn't it because you've got to put into context haven't you that the prices as we've been saying before we came on it's you know on, on the tour tips thing when it looks like they've been a full tiff in the field in strokes game approach whatever you've got to put it in the context of the fact that's probably fifth or sixth best in this field um so it's all contextual but 
that's why I just haven't really got that involved in it. I just don't feel strong enough to put the kind of stake I need to put behind a 20 to 1 shot in this sort of event. Whereas if I can have a couple of fun bets at, at bigger prices, there's obviously some Corn Ferry standouts that would be of interest just to track more so than anything, just to see how they get on at this stage. Um, but yeah, I just I found it. I know you've got some angles that I want you to go into and, and some course correlations, but other than that, I haven't really got too much to say on the event personally. I mean, I think you look at someone like Putnam and, and Porter, okay, just leave Porter's class aside. Like I say, I mean, the the the, the domination of, of big hitters that average over 300 continually, um, you, you struggle to see. I mean, Putnam can't, I mean, he's not patting that well anyway, um, but he can't pat his way out of, out of doing this. Um, I, I, I understand the prices, you know, they're based on a formula. They're based on world rankings. They're based on you know where they where they've won their where they've won their points, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there are people down below who are certainly one, especially um, that I just I'm stunned at the price as we've discussed earlier. So uh, if you want me to dive straight in, I'll I'll, I'll do it because uh, yeah, there we are. I mean, like I said before, you've got uh, trainer won the price cutter uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour back in 2019. And he was also top 30 at Pebble Beach. Uh, Lamley, when he won, he was second at the price cutter in 2009. Um, boom, 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 boom. Josh Teeter, who was second to Victor Hovland. There's no point in talking about Hovland because we know he's going to the top. Um, well, there isn't, is there? You know, the course correlation is very good everywhere. Um, so 2020, uh, Teeter was tied fifth at Pebble. And DA points won at Pebble in 2011. So for whatever reason, even if they don't make the top echelons of... of of the game um these two events the price cutter and pebble beach seem to pop up um obviously form in south south america is very very helpful as well the winds etc you know maybe some changes you know elevation stuff like that but they're, they're the courses that pop up and along with the big driving um i think you can narrow it down to a good a good 20 maybe and of that it's a matter of prices really prices will dictate yeah, I mean, uh, talking of that, the comment you made about South America, it was Trainer that said that he played a, an event that was back in 2016 or 18 or whatever, it was quite a while ago now, um, on the Latino America tour, that, that he said it was in Mexico, and he said this just reminded him of that. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's things like that. I mean, I, I, I looked at the event he was talking about, and there wasn't really that many people that were playing in that, uh, that level and that tour and those events. He only played for about three years. They're actually in the field this week, so it wasn't a massive pointer. But that kind of shows the kind of formula behind it. You know, he's found a course that looks similar. Um, it's in South America, suited his eye, came and won it. I mean, when you look a bit further back, he'd had two wins on the Corn Ferry the year before. Um, there was there was signs, wasn't there? But like this event itself, there's 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 going to be a surprise name that wins it, maybe, but. It shouldn't be too much of a surprise when you put it into the context of the field itself. Yeah. So yeah, g- give us give us your your obviously your favourite bet on the event. Uh, I'll, I'll sprinkle a couple of names, but I know you've got one standout for you. Yeah, for me, when I was going through it, it was it was a, a, a formula that I did, and then you know, I was obviously looking for long hitters. Uh, then I wanted them to appear in either scrambling or the pattern average, um, and I wanted some Pebble Beach form if possible. And for me, former winner here, Scott Brown, absolutely standout at 75 to 1, top seven. Um, Brown, very much like his namesake over in Europe, 
Stephen does pop up when he's really, really unlikely to in some really classy events. Yeah. Um, you know, um, he's got twice second at uh, the Genesis um, behind, you know, in a fantastic field. So that's 2020 and 2017. So you don't have to go back too far for that. Um, he can shoot low. He's got a couple of very low 60s all around the place. Um, plays really well at Mexico and Texas. Um, key here, though, is he has two top 30s at Pebble Beach. And his best recent um, stat is that top 30 last time out at Pebble Beach. Um, so that automatically puts him puts him there. He's got the driving distance. Um, he also has the putting average. Um, he's played well at Pebble Beach, 269s um, last time out after three missed cuts. Um, and, of course, his course form here is brilliant. You know, he won in 2013. He's got two top fives. And he's got two top tens, including 2019. Um, what went wrong in 2020? Don't know. He finished with a 75-75 over the weekend. Probably his two worst South rounds American ever. Yeah. yeah, it's his two worst rounds ever. But he, mm. he opened up with 67-71, which would have put him right there. So, for me, Brown, I mean, absolutely stands out. If that, if that recent sort of 69-69 bookend at uh, Pebble Beach is any guide... Um, I'm, I'm stunned. I mean, I had him at 40, 45 to one. And I, I understand that it's obviously, it doesn't carry that particular class. But if you look at his best efforts, he's bang up there. You know, he's bang up there with anybody you want to put up there. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to go along with him. And he is my best bet of the week, including the WGC um, at the price. I think the thing is as well, is that like you say, He's got those two top 30s at Pebble, which are key indicators. But that 30th that he's just had you know, a couple of weeks ago, it's a standout performance for him for a while now, isn't it? Mm. So not only has it matched his best at the golf course, because it's not like he's gone to Pebble, played well out of the blue because it's somewhere he loves. He doesn't actually love Pebble Beach. You know, He's got that 30th before, but generally speaking, he misses a cut there every year. So the fact that he's got a 30th and mm. now he's going to go and play in an event he absolutely adores because you know he's, he's one of his players, Scott Brown, isn't he, where... He kind of turns up when you, uh, like you say, when you least expect him to on big events. But generally speaking, this is about his level now, isn't it? You know, he hmm. he's not he's not world class. He's not going to be in that WGC field probably ever in his career again. Um, but he knows where he can get it done, and that's all that matters. You know, if he wins the Price Rico again two more times in his career, that's all that matters to him, isn't it? it there's no. There's no need and there's no shame in just having courses that you like, and he should take advantage of the week. Yeah, I certainly don't. Yeah, like I say, I mean, you know, as I say he's got the form in, in Texas and Mexico. He's not bothered about wind at all. Um, and yeah, I, like I say, I, he just completely stood out of the. Well, he stood out anyway. It was just me waiting for the show, <laughs> and I genuinely expected him to see him, you know, fifties or lower. And uh, I don't quite get it, to be honest with you. I, I'm bound to be proven wrong, but you know. Against against three to one, the top four, I'd definitely know where why I want my money in a, as a top seven. I'd, I'd find it hard if he if he's continuing the pebble form and the feeling that he's got a pebble, whatever it is that mate you know got him there, um, the top you know third of that qualifying weekend. Um, I, I can't really say any more. I, I you know when he won here, he was seventh off the uh, driving distance. Sorry, not off the tee. Seventh in driving distance, first in putting average. Um, 2012, before that when he was 5th, he was 20th driving distance, 60 putting average. 2016, he was 12th off the uh, driving distance. So, 
he's going to have every single chance. He loves it here. Knows what it, knows what it takes to win. I, I like I say, I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd be extremely confident that he'd be in the top 15, 16 players. And then it's a matter of finding those extra couple of shots to get a place, isn't it? So, yep, great bet, seventy-five to one. I think the thing is as well is that course form. One, it counts because like the experience of the course as well. But not many people generally tend to play here every year because they they generally advance beyond it, don't they? You know, mm. going back to Brown's win, he beat Jordan Spieth. You know, they've elevated yeah. their game and, and they don't come back and they never come back again. You know, Tony Finau is not going to return to Puerto Rico. Um, but if you do keep coming back here every year and you think you're one of the better players that does and you're more experienced, then that counts for a lot. And you know, put things into on, into context. You know, does Scott Brown at 75 one ever jump off the page? No, but in this event, it probably should do. That's all you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'd just be interested. You know, if he was 180, 200 to one at the Genesis and they were off in eight places, he might be one that you looked at and went, you know, he turns up here. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't have laughed at it. You know, we've, we've had worse bets. Uh, I wouldn't have laughed at it if you'd said that. And therefore, back up, back on what we can call his favourite course, for someone that knows exactly, I mean, he's played here so long, you know, he'll know exactly what the wind is going to do. Um, he's not going to be shocked by anything. He's not going to be shot by greens. He's not going to be shot by, you know, not be shot by anything, is he? Hmm. Um, other than sort of the lack of people there, I'd imagine. <laughs> Um, you know, I've got nothing more to add other than it's wrong. I'm convinced it's the wrong price by at least 25 points. And uh, let's hope he makes the cut and does something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, there was guys for me that by name value and the fact that I've been following what they do on the Corn Ferry. You've got Brandon Wu, Will, uh, mm-hmm. Will Gordon's obviously not a Corn Ferry, but you know, sticks out as a name. Justin Sue. Uh, is on a sponsor's invite. Grayson Sieg is coming up from the Corn Ferry. All these guys are kind of sticking out. Taylor Pendris been a standout Corn Ferry. Davis Riley, who was going for his third Corn Ferry win last week to try and get the, the promotion to PJ Tour, he may be someone that comes and wins this sort of event because his level does seem to be destined for the likes of Will Zalatoris, who he's a roommate with and things like that. Hits the ball a long way. 50 to 1, he might be of interest just on potential, but that is what you're basing it on. You don't know. That he's going to like it, whereas with Brown at 25 points bigger, Peter Uline caught the eye for me a little bit just because he played well uh, for the first two days last week. Anyway, played well here, two top tens. But really and truly, I just found it really hard. I said to you before, I was going to have a bet on it, be for the sake of it, uh, which I don't really want to do. And there's you know a bigger event next uh, coming up. Yeah, I mean, you know, pay your money, you take your choice. I mean, there were there were there were quite a few other names that came up. Uh, Joseph Bramlett, who was ninth here last year, we discussed him a couple of weeks ago. Was it? Yeah. Was it at the Farmers when he was 18th? Yeah. Yeah, which was a you know an excellent performance. Um, he was 18th at the Pebble in 2020. Interestingly, next to Harry Higgs, who of course uh, won the Price Cutter, <laughs> which ties in with some various. So it depends how convoluted you want to get, and and you know you can do. But uh, that, that's, you know, anybody who's listened to this for a while knows that's the way my brain thinks. <laughs> I like to find these little pars. I mean, Bramlett's a massive hitter. Um, you said to me, quite rightly reminding me, he's had serious, serious problems with his back. Yeah. Um, if, if he is back, no pun intended, um, you know, he's, he's a player because he's extraordinarily talented. Um, you couldn't necessarily back him because of that worry. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he's, he's got a chance. Um, 
I thought uh, Brendan Haggy, Haggy, you tell me. Haggy. Uh, Haggy, sorry. <laughs> Brendan, he should come over here and have English pronunciation. <laughs> I mean, Brendan Haggy, absolutely massive hitter, 18th um, on the whole PGA Tour of driving distance in 2020. Again, got a couple of top 30-ish finishes at Pebble Beach. Um, and last time out, although he missed the cut, he hit uh, 67 in the first round. Um, I know it was slightly easier, but it doesn't matter in the context of this event. That's that's absolutely fine. Before that, he's got 66 first round at the Farmers, 64 at the uh, Amex, American Express, whatever you want to call it. Hasn't got a lot here, but I think he's been he's been getting a lot more television coverage this year, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, he's definitely been he's getting used to um, being put. I know he's not exactly young, but he's been he's getting used to being put on the telly a bit more. Uh, now he's downgraded a little bit. Um, yeah, he's also got uh, a tied fifth in Canada, which which does link him with a couple of the the, the winners along here. Um, and that was interesting because that's just behind Johnny Vegas, just behind Ian Porter, and next to Tony Finau. All three players have form uh, in Puerto Rico. Um, he was tied second at the Alberto Boise Open, which is altitude, um, with Victor Hovland, uh, and just behind uh, Naismith, who also has terrific form at Pebble Beach so Hadji's uh, correlative form and recent effort suggest that I think he'll go really well especially given he you know I'm going for him to lead the driving distance that's at the end of this tournament yeah. um, you know he's huge he's huge hitter and, and off of that he's not horrendous with the flat stick um, we'll see what happens it's all about iron it will all be about iron play they're all the, the big hitters are just going to have wedges into a lot of these greens just control it in the wind and yeah you know anything could happen so Hadji was definitely of interest I, I, I had him on the short list uh, do you want me to carry on yeah carry on mate uh, Lahiri who we might remember off the uh, co-sanctioned tour on the European tour a hundred years ago um, <laughs> yeah Anaban Lahiri cracking player cracking talent absolutely awesome putter um didn't do a lot in 2020 around here, level 70s all the way, but finished the season absolutely fantastically. Um, it's in front of you. It's on tour tips. You know, he's got top six at the Corrales, uh, 11th at Bermuda, which is another opposite event normally. Um, played well in a couple of um, uh, Indian uh, PGA Tour events. Obviously won one, uh, 11th at their Tour Championship. But again, came back to, to Sony, and whilst he was 62nd, you know, those those three rounds, those first three rounds, 69, 65, 64, he can still play the game. 68 opening at the MX, 68 again opening at the Farmers, at Torrey Pine. So here he can play the game. And if he's he's, he's a long hitter and his pattern is absolutely stunning. Um, so he made the short list, whether he's a bet or not, he made the short list. And uh, Rafael Campos, um, a Latino tour member, a bit like uh, Martin Trainer, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Similar stats to, to Lahiri. Uh, no, not nowhere near as talented, but again, form at the price cutter. Um, he was seventh there uh, in 2019. The, the, the year before that, he hit 63 in the opening round there. Um, he's won in Bahamas. You know, he, he's got local form. I thought 175 was worth a small interest. And um, the only other couple were Sam Ryder, who I think has been playing really, really well. Tied third here in 2020. Unfortunately, knocks his price down probably by, what, 10, 15, 20 points, something like that. Uh, but he's been playing a lot better than uh, than he's been showing. 
and uh, Bo Hostler was the other one who you laughed at when I told you that he was on my short list. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, did, I, did, had, I just didn't, I didn't get it. And then you've obviously told me the bit of information you're going to go on to since because, and this is what makes this sort of event because you've kind of got to look like almost everybody in this field you look at is going to be someone that's been missing cuts for fun because otherwise they wouldn't be playing it, right? So you have to look beyond the miscut, 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 miscut that you see on the world golf rankings or tour tips or whatever um, and go a bit further in it like you're going to now. Yeah, Hostler makes the driving distance and patting average stats over 15 weeks. Um, he's made three out of five cuts, I think, at Pebble, uh, if my notes are right, my <laughs> notoriously messy notes. Um, and yeah, in, in recent interview, he's been saying that he worked really hard during the 2019-2020 season. Um, he knows that, that there's something there. Um, he does say, uh, I want to compete and win, but when you're hitting it all over the place, it's hard to do that. Um, so he knows exactly what he's got to do. And, and as you'll hear with the interview with, with David Halsey, um, it's very hard to change your game whilst you're playing. Yeah. So whilst you're going from Sunday to Tuesday, there's no time there to do anything. So, um, you know, these breaks allow the players a little bit more uh, technical technical time to work on the game. Um, and look, people work on it and, and eventually it clicks, you know. I think you and me have started seeing it with Ricky Fowler, who we're quite disappointed. We'll talk yeah, about later. We'll, uh, Doesn't appear at the WGC. As, as, as a possible selection, not even playing. Yep. yep. Um, obviously, we've seen John Rahm switch clubs. And uh, we'll, again, we'll talk about him. So, you know, and David Halsey, who went into lockdown last year with a, an appalling um, recent record and came out looking like a completely different player. Um, you know, we're expecting him to, to certainly have a chance to win this year. So when they're working on their games and playing, it's very, very difficult. But he was a, he was a decent youngster. He has got the, uh, the stats that, that I need, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's, it's working on potential that, that may be there. Whether he's big enough um, at the price, I don't know, especially considering that um, Brown is the same price as him, and I think Brown holds far bigger claims. But they're, they're the ones that were of interest to me. And, and one more youngster that, that, if you don't like, let me speak about. Uh, Ju Hyung Kim, who you rightly say they thought was called... Tom Kim, Tom, wasn't it? it? Tom Kim, yeah. Um, awesome young player uh, on the Asian Development Tour and the Thai Tour. Um, had a few outings now on the PGA. I'm not expecting anything, but he did turn up um, on the... In fact, over 15 weeks, he turned up on my distance and patting averages. And over eight weeks, uh, scrambling and putting averages. So he may well turn out to be a lot better than his, his... Well, I'm sure he is better than his form line, but he may play better here than his form line suggests, though it is a big... It's a big, big ask to play um, in a strange environment with strange wins and stuff. So he's just a watch. But they're the short list of players that I had, Tom, in an event that you can't be asked to get involved with. I... Or something that... <laughs> You're right on that. Um, something that Jeff Feinberg said on Pat Maris show that with these prices you're betting their ceiling um, so you're betting what the absolute best that you can expect them to do so with someone like Bo Hostler who we've seen lose to a playoff to a inspired Ian Poulter as they would say on the, mm-hmm. on the commentary mm-hmm. um, you know he is that talented isn't he he is capable of doing it he's always hit it all over the place that's not new um, but like you say he's, he's got he's got the package to do it um, played at the University of Texas so you know, yeah, used to I'm playing wins. Yeah. 
obviously helps. There was a couple of guys there. Josh Teeter, obviously second last mm-hmm. year, probably should have won it. To be honest, with you. Hovland had to pull out a masterful putt, didn't he? Uh, Tim Wilkinson um, plays well at Pebble Beach, has played well here in the past, but it's just hard to get to him. Um, Wes Roach, you know, has played well there in the past, but these are guys. This is this is why I find it so hard. They're just they're people who just wouldn't even give a second look at times. But the one person I was really interested in that. It's going to be really hard to be of any confidence, but Michael Kim, uh, yeah, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a pebble, um, that he was sort of hitting the ball a little bit better now. Um, he'd made a couple of cuts after, you know, months of, of missing cuts. I think it might have been a couple of years before, since he missed uh, made a cut. Um, but he was, you know, three or four weeks ago, he was 12th and 28th in strokes gain approach, which is massive in this type of field. He's actually ranked 12th in the field for his approach numbers over the last 15 weeks. He's a player that, that really and truly is, you know, should be a cut above this. I think he was on, I think he was on Max Homer's university team. I think that's the, the kind of level he was at. Um, but he's won John Deere Classic. He's played well in the US Open. Second at that prize cut in 2014 to Cameron Percy, who's another one that's just played well at Pebble. Um, you know, so he's got that prize cut. I think you mentioned the, the Boise Open. He was tied fifth there in 2015. Um, Texas, 21st, Arnold Palmer, 17th, playing in the wind. These sort of things are just enough to kind of get me interested in Hawaii's finished 20th. So those sort of things, Shell, Houston Open, everywhere like that all comes up as his best showings in the wind. If his ball striking is where it was a couple of weeks ago, then he'd be interested in that. I think mm. it's like 250 to 1. Yeah. That, yeah. 275 to 1, you can get on him, so seven places. It's... It's a hard event for me to get into, but that's worth it, isn't it? Yeah, it look like you say it's it is of interest, and I think that if you can find a winner in this event, and it's through a process and not just throwing darts at ten different people, it is actually more satisfying because you've had to go deep, like you have, to find that. Like we're going to talk about WGC in a minute. It's a bit different this week because no one knows anything about the course, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you the best players in the world are. To find someone that's going to stand out in a field of people that really aren't anywhere near their best anymore, it uh, it takes some doing, doesn't it? Yeah, but alternatively, you can have wasted four hours of your life looking at something that everybody. That's, that's why that you do it. <laughs> that's yeah. why. That's why I knew yeah. you put all the effort in, and yeah. I just said I can't have a bet. Um, Derek Ernst is back. That's yeah. good. So is Carl Peterson. He is Carl Peterson, Charlie Belgian. Uh, Robert Garrigus that swept from every orifice. You know, there's there's people that. that my Brendan De Jong, what a player he was back in the day. Mm. It's like the Tony Fee now of now, Brendan De Jong. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah, not quite yeah. that good, but you know, he was good. Smiley Kaufman. Nearly won a Masters. He was, yeah, he, he was going to be. Yeah, he was going to be. Yeah, you know, he was he was well thought of, wasn't he? But do you think this is this is another point I was going to make? I listened about this the other day. You know, we keep talking about you know the Morikawa. We're going slightly off track here. You go about the Morikawa's, the Neemans, the Ims, um, you know, all these all these top names and all of the youngsters. One of those is going to drop off the face of the earth. Yeah. Because Smiley Kaufman did. You know. Yeah, absolutely. The, it, no one is um, immune to being able to just completely fall off the face of the earth. That's the that's the toughness of this game. Like you think you've got it made, and all of a sudden you you fall out of nowhere. 
and you end up in these kind of events. So it'd be interesting, won't it, to see over the next fight, because you don't wish that on anybody. It'd be interesting to see who, because at the moment it looks like the likes of Morikawa, Neiman, you know, they look unpenetrable. Hovland, who we're going to go on to in a minute, they, they all look like they can't disappear. They look like they're going to be around for years, but someone inevitably is going to fall off the face of the earth. Mm. And it just it just makes you wonder, because going back to Swanee Kaufman, he, you know, it wasn't that long ago. He was leading or co-leading Masters. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's a scary thought when you think about these players and how hard it is. And you maybe start to appreciate these guys that have been doing it for 20, 30 years without ever falling off the tour. Yeah, very difficult. I mean, you look, you, you, like you say, you look down here, you've got Nick Watney. Yeah. You know, I backed him for the Masters. Yeah. Um, same in Bay. You know, again, not his fault, but, um, you know, he he certainly was expected to be on the PGA Tour, had everything gone, had yeah. everything gone right. Two gloves, you know. Yeah, he uh, got himself into some trouble, didn't he? But, yeah, uh... he got him, yeah, I mean, but, you know, it's it's there. I mean, OK, some of them are getting old, um, so you'd expect it. You know, Hunter Mayhan, you know, I know, again, he's getting on, but, but that, you know. But he is one, he isn't been... he? He looked like a, why a guaranteed be... major winner. Yeah, won't he have been another Jim Fury? Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. it, you know, stuff happens, doesn't it? Um, not a lot you can do about it. That happens and, and, you know, you have to move on, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, there is, in that uh, segue, we will move on to the WGC. Uh, we are at the WGC Workday Championship, which seems like a bit of a mouthful because it's World Golf Championship Workday Championship, which seems a bit much. And it's at the Concession Golf Club which is uh, in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, it's called the Concession Gold Club because, Jason? Because in the whatever it was, uh, Ryder Cup, um, even though it was over, uh, Nicholas uh, and Jacqueline played. Uh, and America won it, and then because uh, they won it, um, you can see there was the a concession. Stuff. There was a two-foot concession. But luckily, they didn't have Reese Davis paying. <laughs> oh, I'd have no, seen it if that was the case, wouldn't you? One, what, do you know what? Do you know what? Just to say, Reese Davis, one of the great putters in Europe ever, yeah? Outscored Luke Donald in Morocco by absolutely destroying him as a short game, yeah? Which nobody ever did at the time, nope. yeah? And I remember him for one putt that cost me a fortune, <laughs> yeah? So, uh, which which you didn't take out on David Horsey yesterday at all, I didn't did you? take it out on David Horsey because you warned me not to. No, but uh, I think he, I think he could tell. I think he knew that we, he <laughs> was slightly upset about the fact that, that Reece Davis had missed that two foot. But... It's ten years ago. I've got over it. You haven't, <laughs> but I can see why you wouldn't. People wouldn't have got over Max Homer's putt yesterday if he didn't. No, uh, didn't absolutely. Get no, actually, no. That you know, for me, I have to be honest. I think that putt, genuinely, that that Reece missed, ruined just, his career. Yeah, would well, it ruin? Yeah, it set him back. It, it was worth so much in terms of what it was worth besides money and a trophy. And, and yeah, there we are. But, uh, you know, such is life. But that, that's the thing is that that is how... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? That is, you know, that's how small the margins are, right? You know, we just mm. talked about Bo Hostler. I mean, he was one putt away, one ridiculous putt away from Polter in clutch moment to winning a title. If he wins that title, where does he kick on to? Um, Fee now, if he wins one of these 25 chances he's had over the last two or three years, we wouldn't be having a conversation with Evan every week. Um, yeah. You know, there's such fine lines. Homer, if he doesn't roll that putt in, what does that do to him? Because you could see how much it meant to him to win that tournament. 
um absolutely love that golf club you know grew up on it everything everything about it is sobbing great story but if, he, if that did actually cost him i know he was laughing and smiling about it at the time but that would have wrecked him for i imagine his form would have dropped off a little bit mm. i don't think it would have maybe ruined his career but it, it makes you think doesn't it? it makes you think how easy it is i mean harris english fell away for x amount of years because of i don't know if it's because of giving up an event or swing changes or whatever but it just so quickly happens and yeah it's just something to think about back on to the wgc workday championship don't know much about this golf course to be completely honest other than the fact that obviously jack nicholas and tony jacklin um you know designed it it's going to be tough from everything that i've heard mm. um i text paul to zori earlier just asked him if he could give us any light on it uh maybe there's comparable courses and he just said it's tricky short game and putting will shine got to be smart and control emotions which just shouts to me that it's bloody hard um there's some really long par threes which i think is gonna you know potentially take out some of the shortest hitters hands or i've gone for one this week any thoughts on it for the course jason no i found it really difficult i think um the way we both approached it is try and look for um nicholas form yeah. the most obvious one was memorial um but yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm sort of been making notes. I found it really, really difficult. I, I much more enjoyed doing the Puerto Rico <laughs> event. But I think if it, if it, we don't know how difficult it is, I think if it's going to be a matter of, you know, difficult because they're going to have to keep the quality up in terms of their approaches, they're not going to be able to to miss too many greens. You're talking about a slightly different player. So if it does become a grind. And then we are talking players that we do like, which is the Reeds, Leishmans and, and sort of Hattons. Um, they're the players we like. They're the players we know relish a fight. Um, but if it goes down to a sort of more flashier event, then you do look at the, the DJs, the females, you know, that sort of player. So I, I found it very, very difficult to be honest with you. My, my only reservations on the, the difficulties is that we hear this a lot, that this golf course is going to be impossible and then, at the end of it, they shoot 15 under, don't they? Yeah. Because they're just that good. Um, I think that we're basing it on how difficult it is because it's, you know, you're being told by amateurs and very good amateurs, but they are amateurs. There was the 2015 NCAA Championship was here, was won by Jason. Uh, Bryson. Bryson, he did, uh, yep. from CT Pan. Yep, Dietrich was um, third. Dietrich was there. It so, was 10th. It was 10th. That was both hostile, wasn't it? It was, really. Uh, so shame he's not yeah. playing here this week. But that's it. it's, uh, you know, that that's that's the thing is that that's the only sort of insight we've got. And also, Bryson wasn't the same player then that he is now. He's a completely different figure, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're just looking at that leaderboard, you've got CT Pan, Paul Dunn, Doug Gim. You know, there's some there's actually some shorter hitters, which would mainly be more about short game. Yeah, that's and a bit more position. Yeah. Bo Hostler as well, um, known for his streaky putting, isn't it? Mm. So I would, you know, that to me would suggest that you don't have to be a massive hitter. Yeah, I think he's going to be advantageous at times, um, but it'd be more about who's going to be able to grind it out. Dustin Johnson, on a golf course he doesn't know, uh, coming off the back of a, a poor Sunday showing. There's no two ways about it. It's hard to get involved at thirteen to two, isn't it? Yeah, you you couldn't, could you? 
Uh, you wanted to see more last week, didn't you? We discussed this before. It looked like he basically brought um, Saudi Arabia over with him. Um, for, I mean, to be fair, for, for a couple of days, it did look like he was just going to saunter home. He was just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, a bit Jamie Spencer-like. And uh, yeah, he was going to kick on over the weekend, and it did look like he was getting there, and it just fell apart. It just... He seems to be getting slow. I don't know if it's me. He seems to be getting a lot slower on the greens. Um, seems to be sort of losing that little bit of confidence, relying a lot on his brother, um, a lot more than that. And, and I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really weird to say, given how much he's won. Um, but the last two weeks, he, he has looked a little bit off, hasn't he? Um, and, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, we, yeah, like you said, you know, his drives... Have not been quite as quite as spot on. I thought they drove better at uh, Saudi than did here, but the, yeah. uh, did over the weekend. But then again, he wasn't under the same sort of pressure. I mean, um, there isn't really that much pressure at Saudi anyway, regardless of whether right. he's great off the tee generally. But um, you know, his off the tee game looked terrible yesterday. Mm. Like it was poor, mm. didn't it? He just couldn't avoid the left hand side, which is just not like. I just, I mean, I spoke. I think it was last week, probably when we were saying about how he could probably bet him a six to one, about how repeatable his action is off the tee and how much of an asset that is compared to a Rory McIlroy doesn't know where it seems to be going at the moment. Um, well, look at look at his stats. I mean, look at his stats. He's still ranked fifth in uh, greens in reg. Yeah. You know, he was he still made absolute buckets of shots on the field approaching the green. Um, so he was still doing well out of the rough, wasn't he? Um, so it will, it will be interesting to see but on the green he just doesn't look where it says it in front of you um, he just doesn't look right there's just no confidence behind what he's doing and he, he normally struts you know he normally struts it doesn't he he sees the line bomb 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 strikes yeah. the putt doesn't matter if it goes in it's always got a chance would you say that you're finding a lot more of his putts don't even seem to have a chance at the moment um, yeah he just he just he just looks baffled like he just he, he he has a look, then he gets Austin to have a look, then he goes back and Austin mm. stands in front of him and he has another look, <laughs> and then he doesn't really commit to it. It's strange, isn't it? Because the rest of his game looks like a natural thing, and this looks false, doesn't it? Well, he um, he, he walked yeah. like, as soon as it's his turn, doesn't it, to hit the ball, you know, tee to green, he just hits it, doesn't muck about. There's no thought. Even when he was struggling off the tee, he still just went off at it. Um, without sort of any sort of... Because you'd expect him, if he was hitting the left so often, to be hesitant off the tee, but he's not even like that. It's just as soon as he gets to that green. And it's night and day. What This conversation we're having now, it was like last week, we were like, well, he just... He got away with putting yeah. averagely in Saudi, and he won't putt that badly again. And then all of a sudden, we're like, he can't win this week. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's, because when you're on a golf course that nobody knows, I suppose... The idea would be to go with the best player in the world who's basically dominated WGCs in recent years. But you're asking a lot at a 6-1 to one shot, I think. Yeah, I think that's the point, isn't it? It's the price, isn't it? We always say it. That's what, what price that's would what he have to has... be for you to be in on him? 10-1? to 12-1? Yeah, I think 10. 10-1, to one, first seven, is um, is very fair, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, and he wouldn't be 10-1 to one because it's just people lumping on as a bet to nothing isn't it yeah um look you, you, you look at his stats it is it's, it doesn't have many you know driving distance greens in reg off the tee tee to green uh, approaches around the green scrambling i mean there's plenty of yeah, dramatic figures there so 
it's not beyond the realms that that you know he suddenly just finds something he'll know what to do um he's not that far off is he come on i mean no, he had a chance not. to win and he finished top 10 and, and we're having a go at him um but that's how good he is now isn't it that the, the, the expectation is i mean he's had six wgc's victories since 2013 yeah look looking at uh, you know i know we've only got that you know ncaa thing looking at who won and it's like bryson and dietrich you'd have to say that jo- dustin johnson's game will suit this, this course i know it's mm. changed a lot since then obviously and it'll be set up as wgc you would say it's so it, it's purely the price i mean we're not saying like sometimes we say no we really don't fancy him at that price i don't think we can say that we can just say that after the last couple of weeks at that price we can't do it but it wouldn't surprise me if you won by six i think this week where we've been a little bit down on john Rahm, i'd probably rather just take a chance on Rahm at the 10 to 1 and just and just hope that dustin has a bit of an off week because i know you you said that you're obviously watching Rahm a bit for yeah. over at Riviera and he obviously played well enough yesterday to ruin his price completely yeah, um, yeah, I, I thought he was, he looks like he was totally frustrated the last couple of weeks wasn't he yeah um, missing a load of putts blah 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 and then um, uh, yeah it's it's clicked I mean do you know what the interview with, with David yesterday really some of the things he said really did did click in my head so something clicked with Ron and uh, like I say we've been having a go at him um, and he's been finishing second, seventh, seventh, seventh. Yeah, he's never been in far away. Top grade competition, but I think something clicked yesterday, and I, I really wanted to sort of have him as the mainstay of each way cross doubles or something. But I was hoping for twelve, fourteen, or one, and and what he did last night just completely ruined that. So, and of course, what Rory done as well, which has lengthened him. Um, again, Ram, I think if, if he looks as though he's back. He's got a win at ten to one, hasn't he? You know, there's yeah. no, there's no. You know, I'm not, I'm not interested in getting second to seventh at ten to one. Um, don't know, mate. Don't know, mate. Ram, Ram, I think must go very, very well. But um, yeah, again, it's it's just the right price. There's nothing, nothing given away, is there? No. Uh, on the subject of Rory, he plays very well off a, a missed cut, doesn't he? Um, I think there was a stat earlier, and he generally tends to either win or finish in the top five so last five finishes starting following a miscut win second 12th win fourth hmm. um luke donald was praising him on instagram for how much effort he was putting in how he got to florida early and was putting his game in at range i mean to be honest to me that's kind of the minimum of being a professional golfer but 16 to 1 is getting to the sort of price that rory tends to win at and when when he gets the end of the week and he has one, you think, Christ, why didn't I do it? I'm still not sure about a driver, though. Like, I just, especially around a course where it sounds like it's going to be a bit of a grind and the short game is... I mean, this, these greens are meant to be a bit manic, aren't they? Typical Jack Nicholas design. Anything like that sort of thing can kind of... kind of, You know, because he, he's typical to go to three or four birdies, but he can just go bogey, bogey, yeah. bogey, and... Yeah. And that would put me off on somewhere where you need to keep your head. Yeah, like you say, I'm not sure where he's at at the moment. Um, but it is it is becoming a price now, isn't it? He is starting to... It's one of them weird things, you know. Do you want him to play average for McElroy and drift so you can get a better price next week? Mm. Or do you want to see something? Um, yeah, I mean, he was rubbish, wasn't he? Basically, yeah. at Riviera. Um, there's, there's nothing else you can say about that. 
we'll see what happens. Um, his game's in pretty good shape. I mean, his figures are, are you know, yeah, again, every enough. time we run about anyone, he can open his shoulders, it's decent enough. Um, yeah. it's very interesting, you know, like we say, we talked about Bryson winning this and Dietrich, and, and they can go a bit missing. I mean, again, it's a completely different course, isn't it? But yeah. they can go missing off the tee. Um, you know, we're talking a hearsay on what this course is going to be like. Um, if it is forgiving, yeah, 16 and 1's getting to the point where it's getting a bit too big now. Um, yeah. I just, it's one of those things, if you're a Rory fan and believer and you always think that his next event's going to be his best, and then you just back him at this kind of number, don't you? I think you just you take a chance on him and, and get what you get with him. I think his general um, Florida form is is pretty special he plays well yep, this absolutely. this you know this area um so th- there'd be no surprise it's not like any other week where i've sort of said i'd be surprised if he wins i wouldn't be this week i just i just worry about that little bit of toughness and whether he's got that in him to, to grind but i could be completely wrong um xander Schoffelet just doesn't finish outside the top 25 so you're always going to have a chance over the weekend. No misc, there's no cut here anyway, but this is the sort of thing he gets into. Um, Patrick Cantley was disappointing yesterday, wasn't he? We both said. Um, after yeah. Lock, he was right there. Yeah, miserable git. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you pointed out you can't tell what he's what he's thinking. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, he could uh, have eagled a double bogey. Yeah, but I'm now going to the point of miserable git. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was disappointing. Um it's, it's difficult, isn't it, when you talk about... I mean, you know what I think of Xander. I think Xander's top grade. Um, not quite showing at the moment, but I, I'm absolutely convinced that his time will come and he'll, he'll, he'll run riot. Um, might be a really good course for him against the likes of um, Rory and, and DJ and Kentley and, and Bryson. Could be a really good course for him because he's going to be he's going to be very accurate, um, which may be his advantage. So he made, he made a small amount of appeal at 16. Um, but again, you know, and it, again, he plays, you know, like, like, I mean, Cantley, obviously, you know, he loves, um, loves Memorial. Um, we said that we thought there was a connection with the heritage, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and he obviously absolutely loves it around there. Um, mm, don't know that it's, it, honestly, mate, it's, it's, I just found this so difficult. I just completely left the top lot alone. Um, and that was it. We discussed it earlier, and and it's too hard. I went with Memorial was kind of the the you'd expect it to be the closest course comp in terms of toughness, the difficult greens, typical Jack Nicklaus design, and then I just went Bay Hill, Honda, um, Valspar players just for the Florida angles. Bit of Nicholas in yeah, there. Yeah, somebody said somebody mentioned the players. Yeah, angle. yeah. It, you know, anything that's in Florida, anything with a bit of wind, anything with a bit of toughness, I think just you can add it in. And if your player plays well, there's a bit of extra confirmation. When you look at the most recent winners of WGC, so you had Patrick Reed and Justin Thomas last year. Yeah. You had Dustin Johnson, Kevin Kisner, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, 2019. So you had Kisner as maybe a, an outlier, but match plays, anything happens. I don't, you know, 2018, Mickelson, Watson, Thomas, Shoffelet, 2017, Dustin, Dustin, Hideki, Rose. 2016, Scott, Day, Dustin, Hideki. 15, Dustin, Rory, Lowry, Knox. That was a bit of a weird year. Um, Lowry in 
retrospect has won a major since, but would have been a bit of a left field choice, and Russell Knox was. But generally speaking, the winner should come in this range if history kind of repeats itself, isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely they should. But but again, like you say, I mean, it may well be that we have to just watch this the first day yeah, um, and then decide how we're going to play it. You know, if it looks tough, then we can look to certain players who maybe haven't got off to a, a great start and have just ground it out and, and get on them there. Um, equally, if it looks like it's going to... You know, so I think I read a, 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 an interview just earlier that said, you know, they may be expecting a 65 or something like that, but they're certainly not expecting you know silly scores no you know if it, if it goes towards the 69 and 70s then we're looking at a certain player if it, if it does sort of the 65 and 66s we're looking for a different kind of player I, I i find it very difficult and although i've i'm going to have a couple of very very small wages um i'll be looking at you know after the first day and if it's if it's tough then that's when i'll be looking for certain players and, and getting on them well i've got i've got a few selections braced on price really more than anything um and just where they've come up in these events tony Finau again he plays these these tough courses well um grinds well until generally speaking on sunday but i thought he was really impressive yesterday as we've already said tyrell hatton generally a bit of a grinder now victor hovland had a very quiet fifth place finish last week Mm. didn't see much of him on the tv screen um He's getting to the short enough price now, but exceptional talent, isn't he? Yeah, last week he was 30, wasn't he? Um, he shortened up 10 points. Hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, like, like you say, I, I don't really know what else we can add to what to what we know. You know well, it's, now, it's, it's a guessing Finau, game, isn't it? Yeah, Finau is going to be there. We're not sure how Justin Thomas is, is at the moment, so I think we're safely leaving him out. Yep. Even though if it comes to approaches, he's going to be one to keep your eye on, especially as uh, Jordan's not playing. Um, Bryson, you can talk about it if you want. Um, I don't I'm think. Not really bothered about Bryson at the moment. I just I don't know where he's going. He hasn't got a clue what he's doing at the moment. You know, as far as yeah, obviously... again, again, you know, he's going to just turn up and win at any point because his his biggest asset is the biggest asset in golf at the moment. So eventually, he'll have a good week off the tee and and. You know, he'll show up, but I don't want to take that chance on a course I don't know. Um, although he does show up on, on some of the courses that we mentioned. But Patrick Reed generally plays Florida very yeah, well. Yeah, big chance. Um, big chance. If this becomes hard, then Reed is, is he, he's, you know, like I say, one of the three I mentioned earlier that, yeah. you know, he, he's not sexy, is he? So if he is five, six behind after the first round, and the first round lead is, I don't know, four under. Five yeah. under, he'd definitely be one that I'll be looking at if they say conditions are getting tougher. Yeah, he's not scared of anybody. Um, or any not, sort of challenge. That's the thing. He, isn't he's it? totally. He's completely underrated. He's never. He's never a short price, is he? Mm. Um, to to maybe what you know to maybe what he should be. I mean, he, I'd ignore last time. That doesn't really matter. Yes, he should have won the DP. But when it really gets grinding. You know, he he's one you've got to have, and and yeah, he plays Florida well. He loves WGCs. He plays he's top grade. He's he out of that lot. For me, we don't know. We we can literally say any of that top ten can fill any of the top ten. Yeah. Whereas I think you can look at Reed at thirty or one and think, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, you know, this is a man who's just going to keep going and keep going and keep going the whole weekend. 
I mean, there's, there's eight, nine, maybe ten multiple WGC winners in this field. Patrick Reed's one of them, and he's done it over a short amount of time. You know, you know, respectively, you know, 2014, 2020 is two wins. So, it, to me, just any time it's tough, he's gonna love it. He's every time someone's moaning about a, a chip or a putt, he'll just he'll enjoy it. Um, he might get a favourable drop, but that's that's you know on him. Um, Sung J M was next in the market, and that's where I've gone first. Just because it's Florida, basically. Um, winner of the Honda, two top threes at the Arnold Palmer, tie fourth at the Valspar. Um, he went off the boil a little bit, didn't he? Not so long ago. But slowly sort of caught it back, you know, clawed it back in recent weeks. And he actually took two weeks off, which is baffling. You'd think he'd actually quit the game, you know, that him having two weeks off. Um, but he's playing well enough. He's toughed it out on some, you know, big golf courses. Short game, you know, you'd fancy him. He's he's had that kind of run at the Masters now. He finished second, so he's had those runoffs, the the tough greens, etc. There was some forties about. He's now sort of thirty fives best price, which is getting to the limit, I suppose, considering how strong this sort of top of the field is. Um, but yeah, I like Sanjay M just on the on the Florida angle. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with you. Want to see closer to his shoes. <laughs> I'll, we'll put a request in on the PGA Tour. They're good at coming back to requests, so uh, we'll ask if they can zoom in on that. This this kind of range now. I mean, I was interested in Morikawa last week for his price. He's gone a bit bigger now, but that was before I realised he was mucking about with his putting stroke, which mm. is you know feeble at the best of times. And now he's trying something different. So don't really fancy that. Scotty Scheffler, I said, was a big price last week, and he played all right in the end, um, but he's kind of shortened up a little bit. Tommy Fleetwood. Is I don't know what to do with Fleetwood because I always think he's too short and I find it easy to put a line for him. And now you're kind of getting that 40 to 50 to 1 number. Tough goal sources, you know he loves that. Um, played really well at the Arnold Palmer a couple of times, what, two thirds there. Should have won the Honda. Um, uh, the players, two top seven finishes. I don't know what to do with, with Tommy. It, I think it'll help that he's had those couple of weeks off because he kind of a bit lethargic, I think, mm. in the in the mm. um, what do we call it, Middle Eastern swing. Disappointed, didn't he, on on the final day? Where was it, Abu Dhabi? But you know, you can forgive him that. You know, he's going to tough it out. He's going to probably find more greens than most. It's hard. It's a head scratcher because I I don't want to do it. But I just think that he's sort of at the price now. Where if I'm considering it, then it may be worth going that way. Yeah, fair enough. Off you go. <laughs> on, on my own, I take it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I need to. See, I need to see more. I'm not convinced at the moment. Um, I think he's he's definitely not using what he's got. Um, and until we see it, then I can't. You know, I can't play. I mean, the well, last think... one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Of those ten events, you would have expected to return a top seven three times, maybe. Mm. Um, okay, I mean, they're, you know, they're not easy, but I mean, you, you know, certainly if you look at the home events, Wentworth, uh, Abu Dhabi, you got, and then Dubai and Saudi, um, and you've only returned one, one top seven, and and so therefore, you know, in this field, I'm not sure how he is at the moment. I, I can I can leave him alone to be honest with you, but yeah, it's getting to a it's getting to a nice price, isn't he? 
I think he, I don't know if he's someone that actually prefers it when he's kind of not the favourite. I don't know if he ever pays attention to being a favourite or whatever, but sometimes I just think he likes the spotlight. Because on the European tour, he's kind of the main focus. He's going to be in all the featured groups. He's going to be you know, the mm. person that gets interviewed the most amount of times. If he can come into this and there's a load of players that are more talked about than he is, I mean, he's played at this WGC, obviously, in Mexico, but he's played it very well over the last couple of years. Maybe the time of year it takes him a, you know, a month or so to get into his best form. I don't know what it is. I, I just I just think he's about getting to the price where I would be interested. There's, there's another one that's slightly bigger that I think I can make more of a claim for. Um, but, but that was what I was looking at with Tommy Fleetwood. Yep. Any more in this range for you? Uh, Cam Smith was interesting, but he's got a crap record in in um, in the area. Um, he is playing well, and and I expect him to carry on playing well. He needs to get his hair cut, obviously. Definitely oh, can you imagine Fleetwood and Smith in a two ball? Uh, what haircut? The thing I be? keep thinking with Smith, right, because yeah. he had this dodgy haircut at Augusta, not quite as bad as it is now. But I don't think he's at, and I think this is this is a valid point that if he thought he had any chance of winning, he'd cut that because that picture is going to be around forever. Imagine <laughs> winning the Masters, having this green jacket on. Tiger Woods was the one putting it on you last year. And you've got that stupid hair. And you've got explanatory treasure. What was that? Why did you look like that? I just... I don't know. Looks It looks a little bit Joe Exotic. Um, is a bit erratic in terms of his playing. He's a very good player. You know, yeah, I didn't expect him to play very well last week, mm. so I was actually really impressed with him. Um, he is someone that you suppose could toughen it out, couldn't you? Um, on and around the greens, all joking aside, regardless of his hair, it would be interesting to see Fleetwood versus Smith on a on a playoff and yeah, on a shut your eyes at the hairs. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, he, he hasn't got a great thing, but I, I just think he's improving. Um, he's got a fantastic to degree game. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on because he he does look like he's going forward. He's definitely one that. You know, hasn't stopped improving this, but like that, and he's slightly out of the limelight, out of the uh, obviously the flashier, younger type. So, interesting to see how he progresses over next year. This is, this is a really, I mean, Adam Scott loves this part of the world. He plays well here all the time. He's one of the players, won the old uh, WGC here, didn't he? Uh, this was it the week after he won the Honda as well that year. So, loves loves Florida. Um, slightly disappointing sorry, last week. He's experimenting with the shorter power which will means that I won't get quite as annoyed with him as I normally do <laughs> and call him a cheat um, I think was he shot five under yesterday I think he did yeah he did yeah yeah which which you as I think you've just been mentioning when, when you said about David Horsey making you think about things that maybe that just sticks in your mind more than than it normally would you don't dismiss it as quickly because sometimes we look at it and go oh they've shot the leaderboard just because they've shot one good final round and look, actually what, sorry mate sorry you know, turn it on the other head. His last round was his best round. Maybe he takes it into next week. Yeah, I mean his approaches haven't been fantastic. No, recently his greens and regs have been fantastic. So therefore, his putting has had to hold up because he's only getting sort of what one shot to hold par, if you like. Hmm. He's having to scramble. And to be fair to him, you know they're holding up. He's beating he's beating one point seven, one point seven five easily for his putting average. So they, you know, his short game is has to be in good form and. If what we say earlier is uh, is valid, um, that may well come into into its own. So he's, obviously he's got the length and he's he's got the short game at the moment. 
you know, I'm, I'm not a fan, but he, he would fit what we've been told about the course anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, so the Fleetwood and Scott for me in that area are interesting. Sung GMs are definite for me. Two at this 60 to 66 to 1 range. Firstly, Matt Fitzpatrick, I was really disappointed with him yesterday. I thought he was thought he was poor. It still annoys me that he puts with that flag in because it looks even more ridiculous because he's like 4 for 8 and the flag sticks about 10 foot tall in him. But he loves this part of the world. Um, second night, 13th, 17th, Bay Hill. Play well in the heritage, which we sort of said that might have a bit of a, a thing. But he had that third at Memorial last year. Um, second start there. Played tough golf course as well, as we saw last week. Generally, seems to be able to compete on courses that suggest they should be too long for him as well. There's just everything to kind of like about him. It, you know, if you're expecting someone to, to chip and putt, I mean, because everyone was... He, he wasn't holding the putts yesterday, was he? He wasn't holding the six-footers, but... He never looks like he's gonna miss a short one, does he? He never, he never seemed to worry about that. Um, I just thought, just just on the course, like the courses that we're talking about, and just the amount of times he actually showed up on those, it kind of didn't catch you by surprise because you know what Matt Fitzpatrick is. But play well at Heritage, play well at Bay Hill, play well at Memorial. You know, should play well at the likes of Honda, etc. It just to me was enough. I think he was seventy to one last week, played really, really well, and he's still sixty to one this week. He, he he did play remarkably well. Um yeah, I, I like I said I think I said before, I, I don't back Fitzpatrick and can't think where I would. I might be crans maybe if he turns up there. Um I can't knock him. He played well, yeah, he played well, we he's he's solid and there we are. And he, he does he does show up remarkably a lot, um, when it comes to sort of challenging over the weekend. He's not for me, but yeah. It, I, the I, only I, slight hesitancy is how, like, because it was bad yesterday. Like, it wasn't just it disappointing. Is, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I was so surprised when he won in the desert. Yeah. Um, I must be honest. I, I was I was very, very surprised that he did that. Um, I, I, I have him as sort of pedestrian type of player. Hmm. He doesn't seem to kick on and do anything. He's just there. Um and I've never really seen anything to change my mind, which is probably wrong. Um, he never he never stands out for me for anything. Um, but I think that's what just I think there. that's what will help this week because you say he's yeah, just there, absolutely. and I think if he stays yeah. there, I think he's the type of person that's never gonna he's never gonna play his way completely out of it. And because he's got those four rounds, you know, you look at his just his, his general um, WGC record is not great everywhere, but he's got. Uh, two top sixes, the last two FedEx and Jews, three top nines at the the China uh, HSB Champions. You know he he can play at this level very well. I don't know that he's ever quite going to fulfil the potential that is kind of thrust upon him. And I just think that maybe just because there was too much put on him. But like, I just don't know if he, his skill set isn't suited to the modern game. Doesn't hit it that far. You know, he's, an, he's an old school player, yeah, so yeah. I think that he, he when it when he was being assessed as a kid, it was like, oh, he's good. You know, he's he's got the perfect skill set to be a great professional. He's got Billy Foster on the bag, which is a huge plus. Um, just I think ever since ever since he's made that comment about the the driving distance and that sort of thing, he's almost talked himself out of things at yeah. times. Yeah. Um, kind of said, oh, you know, I don't need to do that. I could do that really easily. Go and do it then, because that's gonna change your career probably 
Um, so that would be my slight negative, but it just, to me, just the fact that he stacks out on so many of these courses and the fact that he just won't play his way out of it, that was enough for me to, to be interested. And Justin Rose, um, yeah. talks about him in Saudi, and uh, he was basically the same price, wasn't he? 66 to 160s, I think he was. Um, and, and, you know, when I mentioned him, there was crickets on the podcast with you and Sky. Which I could understand because he, he hasn't been anywhere near his best, has he? Um, and I still don't quite know if he's going to be back to that yet. But if he is, then this is a perfect type of golf course for him because he's won at Memorial, he's lost in a playoff there. Um, you know, he's just got a bunch of form across all the others. All those other courses that we mentioned, I'm not going to go through the individual results because I'll be here a while. But plays Bay Hill very, very well. Played Heritage well. Play, he's played Valspar well in the past. He just he just generally has the form everywhere that it matters. And he likes Bermuda Greens, you know. He just, to me, he's one of those people that he's got those two WGC wins in his locker, so he can win at this level. He's won a major championship. It's whether you believe he's anywhere near his best. And if he is, then 55s and 66s are a decent price, I think. Yeah, I thought he, um, he, he looked... Yeah, look, he, play, he played really well in Saudi. Um, I thought he was lit in a bit. I thought he actually could have shot a bit lower on Saturday and Sunday. As yeah. well. I thought he missed quite a bit, um, to be honest with you. Um, no, I'm I think not... I, I completely agree with that because I think that I think he, you know, he shouldn't be as close as he was in the end. Um, and he did let himself down. There's a couple of times where you thought, oh, you know, come on, Justin, did, you've slid that by. And when he was world number one, he was making those, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's margins, isn't it? It's it's tiny margins, but if that effort has given him another another boost, um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you go back to Dubai. I mean, the final round seventy seven was appalling, knocked him back, you know, quite a few places. He's got quite a few bad Sunday rounds actually recently, which would be a worry, um, given that he is actually quite mentally strong. Hmm. I, I'm not entirely convinced, but I can see where if this becomes a grind. I, I can see where he would be up there. He's not. He's not for me because I think there's a couple of others that, you know, roundabout or, or bigger that, that I fancy. But I, I can't argue with you. It's, it's whether that is um, one swallow doth not make a summer, isn't it? That mm. I think. I think the thing that appeals to me about him and the Fitzpatrick is because we don't know about the course. I think I just like these guys that have that solid feel about them that have that have played well in recent weeks that have that are not. Again, you don't tend to associate Rose with ejecting. I know we just spoke about a couple of bad Sunday rounds, but he generally keeps himself there and maybe doesn't kick on enough. But I just think that may help. Just chip and putts, hit a ton of greens. Um, you know, obviously say it's a bit of guesswork, but let's go on to one of your picks. Yeah, I cannot believe this. <laughs> I've never, ever, ever fancied Jason Day for tournament. Um, and, and this is, to be honest, this is based on the very similar thing that you had with Justin Rose at Saudi in that I do I fancy him to win I've no idea I very much doubt it because he'll do something silly or withdraw as we keep saying um, but he's now becoming a, a very silly price um, that 66 if you can get it I think is is absolute nonsense I mean Betfair apparently according to Ozchecker is 80 which I think is absolutely huge and it is based on on you know your form I mean he loves Memorial um, I mean, where are we? You know, he loves Memorial. He 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 plays what really tough events. You know, we know that he's got form all over the place. AT and T, the Farmers, places like that. 
excellent the players isn't he which we he is he is and he's another one he's a bit like scott it's not it's a coincidence that they're both um you know antipodean <laughs> but um he's becoming too big if it, it it was seventh last time at the at&t when he you know didn't really catch the eye that comes off two missed cuts you can see yourself before that he's 12th at the rsm finishes really really well he's got another missed cut this seventh at houston he's really weird I, I can't work him out, but it is, it's become a price, and it, it's purely that. It's purely, you know, would I fancy for 33? No, 40? No. But now you're talking 55 and 60. You know, like you say, you know, brilliant at the players, and there has been talk that this is very similar to the players. Whether it is or not, we don't know. Uh, and, you know, he plays well, as we said, at the Arnold Palm, he plays well at the Farmers, which can become really tough, Memorial, which which is tough from time to time. And I just thought in... in a no-cut competition, 50-55 was just too big. Um, and that's it, really. I've got... There's nothing stand out about his game that I, can, that I can particularly comment on. There's bound to be something that goes wrong. He's not a strong selection, but it was just wrong for me. Um, and there we are. I mean, we haven't covered last week's winner, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's too big. And that's that's all I've got to say about it. Well, just just to come on to, to last week's winner, Max Homer was a hundred to one last week on Betfair when he won. He's now a hundred to one again um, on Betfair. You know, probably because you know the, there is a couple of other names in here, but and the prestige of the event. But Tommy Fleetwood seventy to one, Jason Rose, uh, just Justin Rose, and Jason Day are both eighty-five to one, and Adam Scott's eighty to one. There's some silly prices on the exchange this week. Yeah, it does does appear to be. I mean, be interested to see how much how much you know they are up for because obviously that's just the biggest price that could be up mm. there for a quid. Um, yeah, absolutely agree with you. I mean, I mean Homer hasn't got a lot around here, but then he's complete this year. He's just been superstar. You know, he looked absolutely awesome over the weekend. He's, he's such a confidence player. Mm. Like he he said didn't he that he's found his swing. He's owning his swing. Um, really thoughtful character. Has a lot to say. Does his own podcast, etc., etc. You know, very thoughtful about the game of golf. You can tell when it means a lot to him, like it did last week. So much about him that kind of suggests that when he gets a run of form, um, he'll stick with it. And he's won at Quail Hollow, which was a really tough, long golf course. Um, just won at Riviera, one of probably the toughest golf course on the track regularly. Um, you can sort of compare it to maybe not quite as hard as Valderrama on the European Tour, but that sort of stature on the PGA. Um, yeah, I I don't think I'd be I wouldn't certainly wouldn't be in on the fifty to one sort of prices, but I'd be tempted at hundred to one just to just to see if we can keep up the form and, and see if we can trade it a bit lower. In terms of outsiders, I don't think I'm really giving too many of them a chance. Jason Kokrak appears on a lot of the uh, correlating places, but I think he's kind of drifting in terms of his form ryan palmer yeah must be, um, yeah. loves florida you know everyone talks about he doesn't win he won the disney thing back in the day played a couple of top three or four finishes in the honda memorial we played didn't he really well last year i think he was second to ram wasn't he um you know i actually think that it would be his sort of golf course as well so these are the sort of players around here now. Mackenzie Hughes was someone that keeps popping up on these long golf courses, tough golf courses, Memorial 6th. Uh, where else was it? I think it was Honda. He obviously should have won, didn't he? When Sung Jay sort of took it from him. Players, I think he's had a decent performance. Bay Hill, he's played well. 
But these are guys now that I think that you can either try and sneak a place with or look to the exchange and get a silly price. I know you've got a couple of us you want to mention a similar sort of um, situation as well. But I do think it's going to go to one of those top 10 in the betting because that's just how these WGCs go. But I just think there's a lot of value around these prices. Yeah, Billy Horshaw, again, guys, like, <laughs> I just cannot believe this. Week. It must be the sourest taste in your mouth going Jason oh, Day's Billy Horshaw. It's just unbelievable. But, again, Works Memorial, obviously Heritage, Honda. Um, no, I mean, I can't, but, you know, I, he's worth mentioning because he fits, um, even though I ugh, just never. That That is definite never. Um, Sergio was, was worth pointing out wasn't he I yeah. thought well he's been brilliant um, around the greens recently hasn't he um, which is not something that you've always been able to say about him in, in recent years well um, no but but you, you do look at him and you go you know Sergio Garcia or or, or um, Jason Coakrack for example I mean you know you're on the classy player don't you you yeah. know he's pure class yes okay he's going to he's probably going to nose it up somewhere but you know, it's a WGC, it's won by class, and he is class. Um, and he can still win, I think, unlike somebody like Louis, who um, just can't, can he? Well, interestingly, he, he shows up an awful lot in these He in does, these courses. absolutely, Louis does as well, yeah. Yeah, so there's lots of these that you think might turn up at 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th. Um, I really liked, we were talking about if this becomes a grind, we mentioned it earlier, yeah, I think Reed definitely one to keep an eye on if he drifts. Uh, Mark Leishman. Yeah. Um, Leishman, you know, loves more. Again, same as Day, really, isn't he? Yeah, same absolutely. as Day. Work works in the same sort of rigid that you know, the tougher it becomes, the better they are. Um, real steel. We spoke about him last week about who we thought would move most in the Masters market, and I ended up looking at him quite strongly in the Masters actually. <laughs> but I, I need to know what the weather's going to be like and and what conditions are going to be like. Didn't play bad last week at all. To be honest, his 68 finishes is perfectly okay. You'd, you'd like to have thought he'd done better in the bad weather. Um, but he's tough. He's tough. He fits. He fits the, the profile for what we think we need here. It's whether he can raise his level now, at sort of his experienced age. A bit like Rose, really, isn't it? It's a bit like yeah. Rose and Leishman. Um, they, they haven't got the sort of oomph that somebody like Hatton has, for example. You know, if it comes to a real fight, you can see Hatton. You can literally see it in his face, can't you? Uh, <laughs> Reed has that little bit as well. Whether Leishman and Rose have that fight in them if they need it, I'm not entirely sure. But I just thought 100 to one or whatever was was, you know, a little bit too big. And the other one I thought was interesting, and I may well look to see sort of top European or something like that. Was Victor Perez? Yeah. Well, I know you've been putting up, um, yeah, basically yeah, every week, yeah. every week <laughs> when he's over 16 to one. Um, obviously at Saudi, he held every chance. Um, yeah if you like, before being outpaced, if you like, or out-experienced. If you like, again, Abu, we should have done better. Um, and we keep going back to that Wentworth effort, which was top-grade event, and he was he was brilliant. I mean, Hatton is He just, was just beat by someone that yeah, was just, out of his world. Yeah, Hatton is just totally, totally class now. And Hatton won't get beat. Hatton's in front, that's it now. He's not getting beat. And Perez just struck the ball beautifully. Um and he, 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 you know, short game hasn't been too bad at all. Um, I, I do wonder what it would be like if he does come under serious pressure from one of the big guys. But he's continually to he's continuing to improve, and there has to be a bet somewhere. Um, 
you know, if the length counts and if if the sort of approach play counts, which it surely must, if he keeps finding greens, there has to be something with Perez in it. Uh, I haven't looked at all the markets, but I doubt it's the win market. But he's 208 on Betfair at the moment, so that's mm. huge, isn't it? Um, but he's a, he's a quite a, he's a sexy player, isn't he? So you can you can see if he does something that people will back him. There's certain players where if they do something, you just know nothing's going to happen, don't you? I mean, look around him. You've got the likes of you say Mackenzie Hughes, somebody like that. The market isn't going to react as strongly as it will do with Perez, just because he is that trendy player. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like him in some sort of way, but I've yet to find the right market for him. He's he's 28 to one top European first four. Uh, fifth that's for the odds. Fair. That's fair, isn't it? And he's ten to one top on. continental European. Yeah. Right, I'll have to have a, I'll have to have a look at that while you're chatting. In, in the yeah, I'll get it. I'll, I'll chalk while you're having a look at that. Um, I'll keep coming back to the same point. I really like the fact he's got JP Fitzgerald in his bag. I think years yeah. and years JP Fitzgerald was kind of slaughtered for being what was holding Rory's back, um, and he's not been as good since he changed. I know Harry Diamond is. Gets a lot of respect from his fellow caddies. I know, I think we've spoken a lot of time. We spoke about it with Horsey yesterday that having a mate on a bag counts for an awful lot. Um, I don't think it's a bad move. I just think that I just think that Fitzgerald was maybe overlooked when, when it comes down to it. The other thing I like about Perez, he actually lives in, I think he lives in Scotland now, doesn't he? So he's gr- he knows how to grind and, and play on these sort of interesting lies and short game and things like that. I just, he seems to me like he's someone that realises he's 28 years of age and has found his bit of form and needs to capitalise on it before it kind of doesn't happen for him um, and this is this is the next stage isn't it, as, as you say I keep putting him up for regular European tour events he keeps being there and thereabouts this is the next stage, we've seen it with with Hatton, he's a good example isn't it you know he went from winning a couple of decent events on European tour to um, just basically global domination, I don't think Perez is probably going to reach those heights um, but when you look at, you know, when you look, Hatton beat him in a playoff at the Turkish Airlines Open, and um, Perez won the Alfred Dunhill Links, which is what Hatton had won before. It's, um, no, sorry, Hatton has won Dunhill Links, but he's he's won that sort of stature event. Mm. It's, you know, what I'm getting at it. It kind of, to me, looks like he could go on that sort of trajectory for a little while. I don't think it'd be sustainable because he's maybe come too late. It's just. I really like him, as you as you know. I think you've just said that it's better to get on him as side market. It is yeah. a, it is a lot to ask him to win. I mean, same as like Robert McIntyre. A lot of people like him. I don't particularly like the fact that he'd have to grind as much. I know people like you like him for the Open. Yeah. Um. So maybe that you know massive price on Betfair if you want to have a go on that. But I think they're all massive prices, you know, rightly so because of what you know what's in front of them. Bezuiden how it played really well at Bay Hill. Yeah. Will like getting up and if what I will say about Bezuin now is what I've been saying against him for the last four, five, six starts. He needs it to be tough. He needs the scoring to be tough. So if it's eight under par, nine under par, ten under par, that's right in his wheelhouse. Even even you know harder than that would be even better for him. The harder it gets, the better for him, and he becomes very live at that stage. So if it's if it's as hard as everybody sort of alludes to, I would look at him. Betfair, whatever, because that would suit him. If it starts getting to 15, 16 under, I'm not I'm not that interested. But that'd be it for me. I think I'm pretty I can't say I'm happy with what I've got because 
it's guesswork, isn't it? We've spoken about it. It's. I think it'd be a really good golf course. It'd be interesting to see a new one on on the schedule. Um, I quite like watching them play in Florida. The times are good, etc. We'll see. We'll see. Like you say, you, you can watch it for a day and you can figure out what we need to go going yeah. forward, don't we? Yeah. So, uh, God, it feels like a while ago now that we did the Puerto Rico Open uh, picks. But if you go back to those and summarise those for us. Yeah, Scott Brown, very confident, 75. That's far too big. Uh, Brendan Haji. <laughs> you, you change the pronunciation every time you say it. Well, how do you say it then? Hagee. Hagee, Haji. You know, let's call the whole thing off. Tomato, um, tomato, what's the difference? Yeah, exactly. So he's 55, 60. He's, he's almost certainly going on the thing. Um, Bo Hostler at 70. Um, and Anabir Lahari. Oh, Lahiri. Oh, God, I'm rubbish at these <laughs> names. I've been watching this game for like 25 years, right? So they're the, they're the definites. I think they're fair prices at yeah. what they are against the top lot that look too short. Um Joseph Bram, I think, might be too short, but it's potentially too big. Um, and Campus is just, uh, that might be a throwaway top 20 or something. Um, so that's it for me for there. Yeah, I think I think Michael Kim was just 275 to 1, yeah. so it's just one of those throw yeah. a dart. And Peter Uline's played well for two rounds last week, plays well here, would be of interest, but I'm not actually going to select it. I think I'd have to be really keen on him to take him 80 to 1 because he's not been that kind of golfer for a while. Davis Riley is someone that's obviously going to be on the PGA Tour as soon as he can because he's leading that sort of points list or second in it. Um, so he will be there soon. I just I just find it a really hard event to, to get to. And then I will go for my WGC pick. So I went with Sung Im. I really like the, the, the Florida angle for him. Um, and then this is where it becomes tricky because I liked Adam Scott. I liked Tommy Fleetwood. They're very tasty prices on the exchange but Fitzpatrick and Rose for me I just thought if it turns into those grinding sort of events that that we're going to be then I'm going to go for those interestingly enough Jason before we come on to your picks I don't think it would change anything two names that we haven't really spoken about we haven't even mentioned Brooks Kepka, WGC event Florida Um, anything that really stood out against him no, I mean, we, we have to, you know, we want to see it twice, you know, a bit more consistently, don't we? Yeah. Um, but, we'll his actual, but his actual form this season, is the calendar year's not been very good, but the actual season itself is actually better than than people would think because of the way the season worked. He had a fifth in Houston, seventh in Masters, first at Phoenix, and he played okay last week, so... He did. And, and yeah, you know, he could well be back, but he's, he's 25, isn't he? And I think, yeah. I think you'd... you'd You'd possibly, you'd want bigger, wouldn't you? Just he does to... seem to be the guy, doesn't he, that drifts out even when, even you know, quite quickly because people don't seem well, to warn to him, or whatever. There's all this kind of stigma around the fact that he only wins majors and he doesn't care I'm about guessing, regular events. I'm guessing Ben's put him up um, just because of the sea of blue, but it, you know, I could be wrong. Um, it, yeah, I just didn't think it was that big, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, that's all. Just... And Joaquin Neiman. Yeah, he's playing really well, isn't he? He's playing exceptionally yeah, well. Yeah, lovely golf. I was hoping he was going to do a bit better last week, but it's not a course that has suited him so far. So there's no, I don't think there's anything to worry about him with him there. He's, ex- you know, he was you know, back to back. Was it tied seconds in Hawaii? Yeah. You know, well, should I? I still think it's a big ask to win to to 
win something like this. But yeah, that, that yeah, was that just is... my view. I just thought it was a big ask. Um, I mean, like you say, that you know any of them can win it. You know, any point like you know, Morikawa led up to the PGA and has now gone quiet really for him. Um, Hovland's still going. Wolf has gone quiet. So it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it, it's always a price thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think the market's probably caught him at the moment until we see something special. But that's just me. It's just it is, isn't it? You can't back them all, even at, even at fancy prices. There just literally isn't the capacity to take them all on. I just thought that, you know, we, we said to me before that we wanted to try and not go through a list of names all the way through like we you know are prone to. But those were two very obvious names. I thought I'd better just sneak in there and say one minute about. Uh, your picks, please, mate. Uh, really, to be honest, pre-event, I'm only interested in Reed or Jason Day. And I think Day is just too big, so... I really don't like the event until we're running. Um, I respect Sung J M. Um, I think you make a good case, but I'm not sure. That I think the price is right. So yeah, Jason Day I think is far too big, and I'll be watching Reed with a hawk, like a hawk, um, not with a hawk, unless I've got a hawk, of course. In which case, I will watch it with a hawk. Unless Jason Day wins, you might get a hawk. Yeah, I might do. Um, <laughs> so it's a very small bet because I just think he's too big. But yeah, Reed Leishman. They're the ones I'm watching, and if it turns out to be a birdie fest, to be honest, I may well just watch it um, and just see what happens. I, th- I think it, you know, there's a, we've given pros and cons for a lot of players around that that sort of mark, and I think there's a lot of guys that's worth tracking their prices on Betfair because with these WGCs, as soon as someone's not well fancied and heavily tipped, etc., they go out to some crazy prices. One sixty mm. Mark Leishman on the exchange at the moment. Um, if we like we've been saying, it feels like he's back to some near his best. That's a that's a huge price. That's major prices for him, isn't it? So um, I know this is not far from a major, but that's still something to keep an eye on. Plenty to it. If you uh, if you have a strong feeling for someone like a Rory or, or someone, this is probably the time to get on. I'd have thought. Otherwise, uh, fill your boots on on the others that we've mentioned. Yeah. Any other order um... of business, mate? No, if anyone's got a legal field feed for the Porto Rico open, I'll be watching that. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 I don't really have anything. I don't think um, I'll just don't have. Um, what did we have today? Pasta made of chickpeas or something. Oh, oh my, yeah, I know. Well, I started having brown pasta, which I thought was quite nice. It's better. Than no, I don't pasta. like that either. It's got more on. flavour. But my God, this chickpea stuff. Oh my goodness! Is this one of those like? Not even. Not I'll even, just give it a uh, go. Not even Julia now. Uh, our resident um, food critic could uh... no it's to do, it was to do with the boy actually it was to do with okay. trying to cut down the amount of carbs right. um, and it's uh, he likes it he doesn't know it's made of chickpea by the way um, oh, that's handy <laughs> but it is absolutely gross I, I, I will not be touching that with a barge pole did you have to pretend that you liked it to encourage him or no I had some of what he had and then went mm, and then went to the wife don't you ever serve me that shit <laughs> um what sauce is that? Pesto? Uh, he had it. He's got it with yeah. He's got it with pesto, and uh, he's got it with bits of sort of smoked ham in it and stuff like that. So it does disguise it, but the texture of it, oh zero. I mean, he's got it for lunch tomorrow, so um, we'll see what he's... he enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, he he loves it, and and the little one loved it as well. He didn't know it was chickpea either, otherwise he, yeah, he would. So just to let everybody know, just don't buy that because it's just utterly disgusting. 
Yeah, well, you know, I would echo those sentiments without ever trying it <laughs> because I'm that kind of uh, what's the word you're looking for? Um, you know, typical. I won't eat any of that sort of nonsense. Um, you try and be healthy, mate, but if it tastes like crap, don't bother. Yeah, I've tried a couple of alternatives to. I tried. Is it Linda McCartney's? Uh, is it Linda McCartney, Linda McCarthy. Always get it confused. It's McCarthy, isn't it? What? Well, it depends if you're talking about golfers' wives or. Well, no, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the, the the sausage maker. Yeah, it's Linda McCartney. The, it's Linda McCartney. Yeah. Right. So I've tried it's those Paul sausages. Paul McCarthy, but... is it? Paul McCarthy, the, the out of the Beatles. Yeah, go on. <laughs> no, but she's not the one that made the sausages, is she? What is she not? No. Oh, she should have been. Give her something to do. Yeah, go on. But anyway, I've tried those. That was that was about as adventurous as I got. Was uh, yeah. was trying to uh, to get away from it. No, it is. Was, she was, was the one who made It was her. her. Yeah, she that's what her business. That's what she See, did. See, someone put me off the other day because I said that it's Linda McCartney, Paul McCartney's wife, and they laughed at me and said, "No, it's Linda McCarthy." <laughs> Why would Linda McCartney do that? So yeah, it was I feel McCarthy, attacked yeah. now. Yeah, I told yeah, you. She yeah. has done it. Yes, that's what she did. There we go. Paul so, healthy after his LSD infused spells so those, her sausages taste like those sausages you get out of the sausage and beans like heinz tin oh, things um so i tried a, a sort of a, a vegetarian <laughs> vegan-y type fry up once with all that sort of fake bacon yeah you know, just if you if you if you want to go down the vegan vegetarian route don't try and replicate the the meat versions because it doesn't work i haven't i haven't i have yet to have something that stacks up to the, to yeah. the meat equivalent. Yeah, I, I think I think yeah, I think I don't mind vegetarian food to be honest with you. But it but it's it's recipes that are vegetarian food. So yeah, it, it that's, that's my up, way of thinking. It spice up an aubergine or whatever. Yeah, it will it will give it flavour. Where you try absolutely where you try and plant base and and uh, repeat uh, a meat based, it, it it just doesn't taste like meat. So call it something else. Absolutely. But for me, I had so I had a um, it was a, just a bean chili rather than the actual mince in it. Yeah, that's right. The, the that's nice. That was really nice, and yeah, that's, that's a nice. way of having a, a vegetarian-friendly version of of a food without taking it to the extreme of trying to replace a burger. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we've got onto this subject, um, but there we go. That's that's what we do on this sort of uh, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I maybe should look into a bit more vegetarian because I, lockdown has not been kind to my figure. Um, and we look like we're on the way out of that now. With, it looks like we at are. the end of June we'll be back to doing what we want to do. And if I want to go clubbing at any time soon, then I need to, to have a few Linda McCartney sausages to get me back into uh, my best gear. So we shall see, mate. But that it's all positive. Actually, I think that's a really interesting thing to just to sign off on is that it seems like... Britain is going back to somewhat normality some point soon. Um, we might get some... I don't know if we're going to get some golf fans at the Open. That's going to be interesting to see, because I've got tickets to the weekend there. Oh, nice. Um, and they've got... They're letting 10,000 fans into football stadiums in May. Oh, I think we've offered yeah. to host the whole of the European Championships. Um, so I can't see why they won't be allowed to have... Even if it's limited amounts at St George's this year, which would be really nice. So... Let's hope so, mate. Let's hope for some positive news. Let's hope we get some a couple of winners in between that time. Um, I don't think this is our most confident week, is it? But 
Yeah, I actually, we've, I we've actually done as much work as we can. But don't get a return from Puerto Rico. That's honest. That's good. I like that kind of enthusiasm because. No, it just know. leads to horrendous disappointment. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I, the best things happen to me when I don't really seem to think I've got it right. So, you know, maybe Bo Hostel is a secret weapon. Mm. But we shall see, mate. Right, that's enough. That's enough um, mumbling at the end here. Thank you very much as ever for joining on. Yeah, no worries, mate. And uh, I think we've got a an interesting event, if nothing else, to watch this weekend, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good. And, and then you can also watch the WGC as well, once you've seen it. <laughs> and just a, just a reminder to keep an eye out for David Horsey's interview. Uh, probably Friday that I'll release that. Um, I don't tend to do this, but if you can put some reviews on uh, on Apple, try and get us up the rankings, that'd be nice. I know we get a lot of nice comments and messages and, and all sorts, and you know if that translates into reviews and uh, the currency goes up. You know, me and Jason really appreciate your feedback. We'll always engage on Twitter, even if it's about, you know, vegetarian quesadillas, whatever. You know, we'll come back to you. So, yeah, just a bit of food for thought at the end there, and uh, moving on to next week. Yeah, be lucky, Tom, this week. Cheers, Jason. Take care.